You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. It's Women of Wagertainment Wednesday on the Daily Tip. Top of the hour here on the BetQL Network. I'm Chelsea Messenger. He's Michael Jenkins. In the next hour, we have all kinds of football talk because it is that time of year. We have the Super Bowl in less than two weeks. So in this segment, we'll read and react to some of the top narratives going into the Super Bowl and tell you if they're true or, you know, maybe a little bit true or completely false. Uh, then later in the hour, we'll get to Lucy Burge, who comes on, who do a, a preliminary look at some of these Super Bowl pop culture props. I will ask her about everything Taylor Swift related, so I don't have to do any research on Taylor Swift. Uh, and then at 740, making our case for each side of the coin and i'm not talking about the coin flip i am talking about the actual super bowl between the niners and the chiefs jenks are you gonna bet on the coin flip this year i feel like you always do of course i always do tails never fails but i'm gonna have to switch it up at some point you know so i think i've hit it the past two years is that correct i forget what it was the last two years but i always bet on the coin flip just for fun i throw some money on it and then i'm like yeah and then if it doesn't hit, I'm like, ah, oh, you're so dumb. But I just think it's so stupid and so fun. So, yeah, I'll definitely do that. There's definitely a pun waiting to be had when it comes to the coin flip. Tails never fails and Taylor Swift. Like, who's going to be the first to make up that pun? You know, like, tails and oh, it's yeah. going to be T-A-Y-L-L-S oh. never fails. And it's going to be, you know, oh, it's because Taylor's there. Good God. Oh. I cannot get over the discord that we have for her at the Super Bowl, because it is wild to me. It's not the first time that we have had, you know, a player date, you know, somebody who's really famous or somebody who's really good looking or somebody who's really successful. Why do you think that Taylor Swift moves the needle so much? Because she speaks to young women in a way that they haven't been spoken to before and they feel empowered, which is a wonderful thing. I also think it can lead to some serious overreactions and very like fanatical reactions to things that they see. They're super sensitive to everything that happens to and involving Taylor Swift. So it doesn't matter what she's doing if she's performing in concert if she's collaborating on something, if she's dating someone, 
then these Swifties will want to be a part of it and want to follow her and defend her every step of the way. So in their world, this is normal. I, but I think for people who aren't Swifties, then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, like, is it always like this? But in that sphere, in that bubble, it is always like that. So I think for someone who has followed her career intently and would consider themselves a mega fan, a Swiftie, whatever, this is just... This is standard operating procedure. This is what you do. But now it's going into an area where I would say most guys, I don't want to generalize, there's tons of Taylor Swift fans out there. I like Taylor Swift, but I'm not a Swifty. And so when you see that sort of passion crossover into an area where I would guess the majority of fans don't share the same passion that you do about this particular artist, even if you may like that artist, I think it's a little jarring. And so I, I don't necessarily think it's she's getting more coverage than she normally does. It's just that she's getting more coverage in an area that isn't accustomed to following someone who has such an impact and such a following. Did you see Colin Coward's take on this? How he was kind yeah. of point by point going down the list of, okay, why do we roll our eyes so much when Taylor Swift is showing the screen? Because when there are mm -hmm. other super fans of other teams, and this is what he was saying, it's not what I'm saying, it's what mm -hmm. he was saying. When there are super fans of other teams, we don't care. Like, we don't get mad when they show Spike Lee right. on the sidelines of Nick Nick games. We don't, you know, get mad mm -hmm. when we see whoever, Adele, on the sidelines of Lakers games. Mm -hmm. Why do we get so mad about Taylor Swift? And I had to genuinely think about it because I'm one of those mm -hmm. people that kind of rolls my eyes. But he did like mm -hmm. a mashup of it and said, okay, at most, they are showing Taylor Swift for 20 seconds of a three-hour broadcast. Right. Should we really be this mad? And I had to think about it. Do you think this is a good point he's making? Yes and no. I What I would say is this, is that, I, first of all, it's not her fault. It's not like she's turning the right. camera on herself and, and making this NFL telecast about herself. Number two, this is not that big a deal to me where I see Taylor Swift. I'm like, yeah, she's at the game. What it is, it's the overall exhaustion with the coverage about her all the time, everywhere. So there is not a person on this planet. And this is, again, this is not blaming her. This is just because of how talented she is and how popular she is that she garners this sort of attention. If I tell Pandora to play today's pop hits or Spotify, play today's hits, you're going to hear Taylor Swift. When my girlfriend comes home, lovely Catherine, and she wants to play some music or she wants to talk about her favorite artist, it's going to be Taylor Swift. When you look at commercials, you're going to see Taylor Swift. When you scroll through different headlines, even if you're not even looking at pop culture, you're probably going to see something about Taylor Swift. When you turn on your local news, there's going to be something about the Ares tour. When you turn on Netflix, look, it's the extended version of the Ares tour. Taylor Swift is everywhere so it's not oh my god i'm losing my mind why are you showing showing taylor swift it's now i'm watching football and there she is again so through no fault of her own she is everywhere and i think some people just sort of get exhausted with seeing whoever it is it, it's not specific to her if you saw the same person no matter what their craft is again and again and again and they seemed inescapable to you you'd be like i kind of need a break from all of this, because if you're a Swifty, it's perfect. This is your life. This is your existence. This is what being in this bubble is about. But if you're not in that bubble, you're like, oh, I don't want to see and be, I don't want to be inundated with anyone this much. So I understand. I think it's a, a 
bigger picture perspective if you're asking why people might get a little annoyed with it. But I don't particularly get annoyed with it I, because they really don't show her that much. It's not like they have a Taylor cam or a Swifty cam. They show her a couple times a game. They would do that with any normal artist. It's just that she is bigger than most anyone who has ever sort of infiltrated is not the right word, but been associated with NFL football, at least in recent memory. Well, if you're talking about oversaturation, like when you're saying that about like no matter what the person does or, you know, what their personality is, if you see him a lot, you know, you get tired of him. Uh, Travis yeah. Kelsey, I feel like he's in more commercials than Taylor Swift is these days. I agree. Or at he's least everywhere. On the networks that I am watching, it's Travis Kelsey every five commercials. So I think it's compounding the fact that we are just seeing a lot of Taylor and Travis. All right, let's get to some of these more football-centric narratives going into the Super Bowl. Bill, what do we have here? I mean, I can't believe you guys have just buried the lead. Super Bowl 58, 5 plus 8 is 13. It's Taylor Swift's number. Super Bowl is February. (laughs) Super Bowl is February 11th. 2, 11, 2 plus 11 is 13. Taylor Swift's oh my number. God. I, mean, I didn't know this guys... was her number. Oh, yeah. 13? This is, I mean, yeah, 13 is her favorite number. Yeah. Why I don't do you know, know why. That? I, I I coach high school basketball, girls high school basketball. I know uh, more about can't Taylor Swift just from just from it yes, sucking osmosis. into my brain, osmosis, mm-hmm. than I ever want to admit. But yeah. So it's ridiculous. They, I mean, the kids who never talk about, they had no idea about NFL football have all been talking about it this entire season. It's wild. It, it's never topic of conversation. All of a sudden that's all they're talking about. Like every week. It's crazy. All right. Anyway, yeah. reading rack number one, here we go. Brock Purdy. Let's talk about the 49ers and not the chiefs. He led the 49ers to the NFC title on Sunday Came back from 17 down. We all know that. The win for Purdy, his fourth playoff victory in just his first two years in the NFL. That's second to only Ben Roethlisberger, who won five in his first two years. But yet still, people aren't giving Brock Purdy his due. Jinx, I got to ask you, it's a pretty impressive Mm -hmm. number. Are we still kind of sleeping on Brock Purdy? Yes. No question about it. Everyone's sleeping on Brock Purdy. I went off on this the other day, and those Niners fans rose up, and they said, yes, sir, that's right, that's our guy. We're acting like he's just some dude still hanging out in Ames, Iowa, and just, like, got brought in by a free agent, some sort of signing, and he's just kind of hanging around San Francisco and just suddenly lucked into winning a Super Bowl. I said this the other day, but seriously, what else do you want from Rock Purdy? What else does he need to do? If you're the Carolina Panthers, and I understand the teams are much different, wouldn't you be thrilled to have a guy like Brock Purdy on your team? Okay, if anyone, if anyone can quarterback the Niners, why don't you guys just make a trade and bring in Bryce Young? Bryce Young went to Alabama. He's a number one overall pick. Oh, he's got a big – go ahead. Just go ahead. Since it's not a big deal what Brock Purdy has done, go ahead and make that trade. You wouldn't do it. You'd be like, absolutely not. This is as good as it gets. Yeah. So he's not going to get his due. And even, I feel like he was great last week, by the way. When the Niners came back against the Lions, a lot of that had to do with, yes, the Lions made poor decisions. But guess what? Guess who had the gumption and the talent to lead the 49ers back into that game and win it? It was Rock Purdy. If he wins a ring, maybe, maybe, 
finally some of that will go away. But yeah, he's still not getting credit at all, which is, by the way, part of the handicap when everyone says Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT. And he is. Like, he's he's a generational player. And he's so much better than Brock Purdy. Yes, but also Brock Purdy is not chopped liver. So yes, this is still happening. I think it depends on what his quote do is. Like, what are we what are we talking about here? Because I think a lot of people do recognize the fact that Brock Purdy is a very good, above-average quarterback that's done a great job at leading his team to all these wins. But when you get to this level, when we are discussing MVPs, when we're talking about, you know, the Super Bowl, like, where does the line end? Because I'm not ready to put Brock Purdy against the greatest of all time. Like, you talk about Ben Roethlisberger. Let's pause there for a second. I feel like that could be, I know stylistically speaking, they are not the same quarterbacks, but Ben Roethlisberger, like would anybody say Ben Roethlisberger, despite all his Super Bowl wins, is better than Patrick Mahomes? No, they're not going to say that. He had done a great job of winning games, which I guess is the objective at the end of the day, but also he had a great team around him. So I think that the truth is somewhere in the middle. Brock Purdy is, you know, a top five quarterback in the NFL, but like how much do are we giving him is what I'm getting at. Cause I respect him. I think he's a great quarterback, but like how much is his due? I think that's my question. Yeah. If you, if you're going to throw him in the top five, I think that would be considered giving him his due. And I think you get a lot of pushback, not necessarily for me, but from other people that say that Brock Purdy is the top five quarterback. All right, let's mm-hmm. move on here. Read and react number two. Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, we had got a rematch. Of course, they faced off just a few years ago. This becomes the fourth coaching rematch in NFL history. You had Chuck Nolan, Tom Landry, the old Steelers-Cowboys rivalry, Jimmy Johnson, Marv Levy again, Cowboys-Bills, and Tom Coughlin and Bill Belichick. Coughlin owning the GOAT in the Super Bowl, beating him twice. So, Chelsea, with Reed and the Chiefs winning the first time around in this rematch, do you give Andy Reed the coaching advantage here in round two? Um, yeah. How many Super Bowls has Andy Reed won? Multiple. How many Super Bowls has Kyle Shanahan won? None. So the fact that Andy Reed has done it with also two teams says a lot about it. Or maybe he hasn't. I guess he didn't win it with the Eagle mm-hmm. City. Nope. No, it no, was just not. the it was just the Chiefs. But I do think it says something that he could go to another team and, you know, build there. And Patrick Mahomes certainly does not hurt having him as your quarterback. Uh, but we saw it a little bit in uh, that game against um, the God, I'm blanking against the Lions. We have seen some very conservative play calling uh, from Kyle Shanahan down the stretch. So I think the advantage still goes to Andy Reid. Like you can't say that sentence and go against the guy that has two Super Bowls. So, yes, Andy Reid still has the coaching advantage here. Oh, yeah. Huge coaching advantage. And with that coaching advantage comes less pressure, right? And it's so funny when you talk about Andy Reid in Philly. Remember, Andy Reid was the guy who just could win the big one. He could always get to the NFC Championship game, but just couldn't quite get over the hump. All of a sudden, he goes to the Chiefs, and now immediately, first ballot Hall of Famer, It's not close. But I think breaking through and getting that dub or getting over that hump does so much for you as far as how you approach a game, how relaxed you are. And Kyle Shanahan, conversely, 
I mean, he's been there in the Super Bowl before, hasn't gotten it done. And then we remember when he was with the Falcons and that didn't happen. So all of the pressure is also off of Andy Reid, in addition to, I think, him being a superior head coach. Oh, also something I feel like that goes in Andy Reid's favor is his experience. Because I know it can be enticing to look at the young guy and say, okay, well, he's new. He's got the fresher look. But Andy Reid has been to more Super Bowls. He has more experience. And I feel like that will pay off here in the Super Bowl. But we'll see. Haven't made my official pick just yet. But it will be hard to go against Andy Reid and company uh, in the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming back from the break, uh, Lucy Burge joining the show. We will dive into some of the pop culture props in the Super Bowl next on The Daily Tip. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. And we are back and boy do we have a lot to talk about uh i just realized i still have a cough drop in my mouth so we'll see if i can you know secretly get it out of my mouth while jinx is talking uh but jinx we were talking about travis kelsey and taylor swift it's gonna be a big theme Mm -hmm. this whole week and week of uh the super bowl but i feel like from a betting standpoint there will be some things we can bet on when it comes to travis kelsey and Taylor Swift, uh, obviously, Travis Kelsey, you can bet on his un- sure. on-field performance. But how many props do you think we'll get that are, you know, off-field and simply regarding Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? A billion. As many as Vegas can conjure up. Why not? Why wouldn't they? More and more people are getting into sports betting. And what's the best way to entice someone And I'm not saying that women don't sports, but they clearly do. But I'm talking about if you're bringing in a new audience and you're trying to appeal to a different crowd, what better way to involve someone who hasn't really experienced sports betting than to allow them to bet on something that they're passionate about, right? So we're passionate about sports. We like betting on sports. If you're passionate about being a Swifty or Taylor Swift and you think you know what's going to happen more than other people because of how much you follow her, why not win some money? on something that you love so much. So I don't know exactly what that market would be, but I feel like, you know how it is with the Super Bowl. If you can dream it, you can bet on it. So I would imagine the markets are gonna be huge. It is also an interesting time because we do see people who are invested in this game that Mm -hmm. don't really like football. Because think of the halftime show. There are people who watch the Super Bowl only for the halftime performance. And you can bet on that. Like maybe we'll do a deep dive into uh, Usher's song catalog and try to fit, pick, you know, who, uh, what song he is going to perform first. So uh, I know somebody who could be some help in all of this. How about we bring on oh. BetQL's own Lucy Burr. She is a host of Back to the Futures each and every Sunday night right here on BetQL and find her on Twitter at Lucille Burge. <laughs> Anything's possible. Anything's possible. 
20. Blue 20. Hot, hot. Griffin, let's go. Wait, 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 Mr. Brady. Take your goddamn teddy bear with you. Perfect spiral. You like apples? Always Boston strong. It's Lucy Burge. How do you like them apples? All right, Lucy. We are less than two weeks away from the big game, as everybody will be calling the Super Bowl. Uh, who doesn't have the rights? Uh, but this feels like this perfect intersection of pop culture and football. When we are talking about the halftime show and all of these pop culture props that will be involved in the Super Bowl, have you looked into any of these markets? And do you think you're somebody who will be betting? on any of these props involving the halftime show. Yes, well, good morning. Of course, generally, of course, the Super Bowl is a great intersection between pop culture and sports because of the halftime show, because of the prop bets, who will be there, all of that. But now we've got Taylor Swift involved, ever heard of her. So the props that I have seen already, the first one, very first one, is will they get engaged after the game? They, of course, being Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I am absolutely going to take no on this because mm. for them to get engaged on the field after the Super Bowl would be too much like a movie. And those odds, the no is minus 250. So I, I don't know if I'd take that because it's a little bit juicy, but I would that's what I would pick if I was to choose. So I'd probably stay away from that bet because I feel like their engagement is going to be, first of all, in the off season. I think it might be more on the private side. The actual what happens will be private, but on the field, it's more about him because this is his Super Bowl win. I think he's going to want to make it more about her. So I think that no is the way to go when it comes to that prop bet. Um, and I, I do think that they are in love, though. I think that what could happen could happen potentially if this I don't know if this could mean a yes or whatever is they get carried away in the moment. And Travis says to her whispers in her ear, let's get married. What if we get married? Why don't, will you marry me? That's the only way I could see this possibly <laughs> happening, which would be very romantic, I will say. Um, but I would take no on that. And I would when you look out for the Gatorade color props. Look for red, because I feel like there will be some Taylor Swift in these props that maybe the, the NFL will put into the script of the Super Bowl for red, which is a Taylor Swift color. So Gatorade color, I would look at that. I am inclined to go with heads for the coin toss, because every time I take ah. tails, it doesn't work out that way. I know there is some better who put a million dollars on tails, but I feel like this is a year for heads. So I would also, I know that's you generally even money. Money, but I would look at heads for the coin toss. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucy, so let me put you in the shoes of Taylor Swift for a second. Yes, please. So I'm with you. I am I am with someone, or I am of the belief that they are in love, that this is legitimate, right? They seem very happy together. It seems like a very sweet romance, so I'm all for it. But let's say in the moment that Travis gets caught up, right? And he gets on one knee and he says, all right, I want you to marry me. The cameras are on, and you're Taylor. And I would think, if you're her, this isn't how you imagine this going down. And you want to marry him, but you don't want this moment. What do you do? I would say you say yes, and then you write a song about it. I always so (laughs) public proposals to me are not the best, like sporting event proposals. That's that's just personally not how I would want it to go down. But I think if that happened to me in the moment, you say yes, and then later on you have the fight slash discussion about why did you do that and what do we do? I don't actually want to marry you, Mm. but I had to say yes in the moment because I have seen I have seen plenty of Fenway Park proposals that she has said no. And I say plenty. There are like three of them in my life that I've seen that not go well where she says no and they Mm -hmm. cut the camera away really fast. Never a good thing. That is, it's so bad. So I think if you're Taylor and that happens, you say yes in the moment. And then, I mean, I guess it's different for them because people keep track and people will know if it falls apart or things go awry and she then goes back and says no. But I feel like you say yes because she does love the theatrics of a love story. She does love mm. the, um, the the fact that it's a movie. So if he does do that, I think she would say yes. And she would probably cry and they do the whole thing. And, and I will say mm-hmm. also, I did say at the beginning of this PR move. And now I will say maybe I was wrong. And they are in love because watching those videos of them after the game, that is what it looks like to be in love. What, what, it, what it looks like. I'm not good. I don't know how they feel exactly, but that is what I, to me, what it looks like. And I'm not ruling out though, the fact that it could have started with PR intentions and developed into true love. We'll never mm. truly know. But I think at this point we are beyond PR stunts and they are actually in love, which is why it's not a 0% chance that they could get engaged after the game. But I think that it's going to be more of a, an off season engagement that is more Mm. tailored tailored to her and to her (laughs) what she loves and see what i did there um but i think it's going to be more of that but i think maybe they will you know the only thing i could see happening is not down on one knee but whispering it to her or like quietly and maybe maybe they get into the the celebration and he just like is like will you marry me but i i don't see it happening yeah uh i think it would be a tough sell even though from a pr standpoint she's not going to say no Right, like, exactly. She's definitely going to say yes to save face. Yeah. But here's my other question. Isn't she supposed to be on tour somewhere? What are the chances okay, yes. we even see her at the Super Bowl? 
Yes. So this has been mapped out by many. Many on TikTok have, have gone through all of the details done. I've seen PowerPoint presentations people have done on this. She will be able to make it to the Super Bowl, which is interesting as well, because the dates time out to the fact that did she schedule? How could she possibly schedule this around the Super Bowl? But the so the, the last concert in Tokyo, she has a concert in Tokyo on February 10th. The time difference works out such that she will make it back to the Super Bowl. What day is the Super Bowl? February 11th. How convenient is that? That is very interesting to me because why does she have a, why didn't, what, who's to say the dates weren't a little bit forward or back or why, why was it timed out so perfectly? Because it is timed out so perfectly that she can make it to the Super Bowl before the next leg of her tour. How perfect is that? I am not quite sure exactly when these dates were mapped out, but it does work out very conveniently for the Super Bowl. Is that staged? I don't know. But yes, she will be able to make it to the Super Bowl uh, with a few, uh, like 12 hours to spare, I think, because of the time difference. Mm -hmm. Because once she's done in Tokyo, let's say 11 p.m., there was some debate. Will she be done at 11 p.m. or 12 or midnight? But if she leaves at, let's say, her, her jet takes off at midnight, she'll definitely be able to make it to uh, the Super Bowl in time. So I'm sure we will see her. We are talking with Lucy Verge. She is back to you already. You see her all over the place. She does fantastic work. Also hosted Back to the Futures each Sunday night on the Back to you All Network. So, Lucy, let's move to another one of your favorites, and I mean Tom Brady. And he was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday talking about how he's going to be helping call the Super Bowl next year for Fox. So oh. how good do you think he's going to be besides how dreamy he's going to look? But how do you think he's going to perform as a color commentator? Yeah, there are not enough towels in, towels in the world for me to sit on for that Super Bowl <laughs> because, my God, calling a Super Bowl, this is going to be outrageous. But here is what I took from this. The ovens in the background of this interview, there were four of them, and people got a little bit, um, not up in arms, but, like, why does he have four ovens? He has four ovens. Tom Brady has four ovens. Like, of course he does, but... I don't think that was his kitchen because the windows do not match the mansion he is building in Miami. So I don't think he's moved mm -hmm. in there yet. This did not look like a home. This did not look like a house kitchen. This looked like an industrial test kitchen. Because if you look at the lighting that is coming in, that is not natural light. In a kitchen, you're going to want natural light in a home. This did not look like a home. So I think he is, it's something he's partnering with, potentially, a, a food thing he's partnering with. So that, I think, is, is what happened there. Doing some research on, research on that, figured that out. He's going to be, I think by the time the Super Bowl comes around next year, he might be good at being in the booth. But I am not sure how good he's really going to be. Because he doesn't really say a lot he does a lot of laughing He do, when he's in a setting, like he's, he's calling a game or something. What I would say is if Belichick goes into TV, Belichick will be better at doing TV than Brady will be. Because yeah. Belichick, when you saw him on college game day, he was phenomenal. When he is talking about football, he is in his element. And he has personality when he's talking about football so i would say belichick should go into tv as well and forget about coaching next season maybe the season after but take a take a beat do some tv and i think belichick would be better at tv than brady will be because i think brady will be a little bit vanilla he will be a little stale maybe he'll be great at the super bowl because when you are watching tom brady break down x's and o's he's good 
But Belichick, I think, will be better at it. But I would watch Brady and Belichick together calling a Super Bowl. That would be Ooh. peak television. Oh, yeah. I don't know, though. Because who's going to do the actual play-by-play? Like, as have you have, know, it'd that's be a, a three-man booth. Ah. <laughs> Two color guys, three-man booth. Yeah. Oh, that's the way to do it. <laughs> Because I totally I agree with that. you on the the personality front. Tom Brady, some of his, his appearances, they feel so corporate. Like yes. even on the Pat McAfee show yesterday and good eye there. I think that was one of the first things I noticed. I was like, ooh, double ovens. What yeah, a nice place. He's got the I don't quad oven. Huh? Right. No, he's not cooking, I don't think. But the other thing was you notice that he is quite often afraid to say the wrong thing. So he will, yes. and he also mm. pivoted to everything that he is promoting. So he, every time yes. Pat McAfee asked him a question, he would answer and then pivot to promoting something. So I feel like you were right on that. He is corporate. And I, I mean, maybe he will be different on Fox because he's not actively promoting things and doing appearances and being a walking ad for 10 different things. But I think he will still have that bit of him that is afraid to say the wrong thing, which I think was drilled into him with the Patriots. When they would tell him what to say, he'd be afraid to say anything. His interviews were very bland on purpose. Will he be able to break out of that? I hope so. But I'm not so sure as of right now. Even though I do think that is a skill, like personality and a sense of humor is something that's very hard to learn. Like you can learn to be smooth and good in and out of breaks, but I don't know. I think he's going to struggle with that. He's not going to be like Shaq or Barkley, you know, that's completely unfiltered. I think it's going to be a real tough uh, challenge for him to kind of break the corporate mold, but we'll see. Uh, we've doubted him before and boy, were we wrong. So we'll see Tom Brady. All right. She's Lucy Bird. She is host of Back to the Futures each and every Sunday night right here on BetQL. She will be back the week of the Super Bowl, I'm assuming. And then we will get into all of those props when it comes to the halftime show. Thank you, Lucy. On the other end of the break here on The Daily Tip, we will talk actual football, the Niners and the Chiefs, the case for each side in the Super Bowl next on The Daily Tip. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Let go. It's a Wednesday here on the Daily Tip. And of course, we have a pretty big game on the horizon. That's right. I'm talking about the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the 49ers. Uh, actually, a rematch of a past Super Bowl. Uh, but in this segment, we will dive into the details and make our case for each side of the game. Uh, Jenks, do you think that something goes into the handicap here that... How is this game different, the fact that it's not a regular season game? Because I think the handicap, you know, we just talked about coaching and how it matters, and we will get extra time to prepare here. This is not like a situational spot like we see in the regular season right. where, you know, maybe one team is coming off two straight road games. They have played really tough opponents. So it feels like 
it should be easier in that regard that both these teams are kind of entering on almost a level playing field. But do Mm -hmm. you think that the Super Bowl, you know, the time off or, you know, any of the oddities of the Super Bowl gives either team an advantage? I I would think, well, I kind of have mixed feelings on this. I would think it gives the Chiefs more of an advantage because they have been in this spot so recently. I mean, they're the defending Super Bowl champions, mm-hmm. and they're building this dynasty. So I think as a team, they will be more accustomed to how this week goes, what to expect, how to deal with the media, what it means as far as your preparation and preparing for the biggest game on the planet. I also think that at the same time, if there's a team that's playing its best football right now, it's the Chiefs. The Chiefs look as good as they've looked all season. And sometimes when when that's happening, you don't want to break. You want to keep rolling. Rest is always good in the NFL. I get that. But I feel like the rest aspect will probably help the Niners a little bit more or the ability to tinker a little bit more may help San Francisco just because their defense, which has been a stalwart all season long, hasn't been maybe as good as we saw a little bit earlier. And so I think that extra prep will help them. So it depends on what area of preparation and getting ready for the game we're talking about. But I think it could benefit each team sort of depending on what aspect that we're delving into. I'm really wondering, and this is not like a question. This is me wondering Mm -hmm. aloud. What happened to the Niners defense? Like, have you noticed? Like, I'm sure you've noticed. Everybody's noticed over the past couple of weeks. I don't know if it's the fact Mm -hmm. that the teams that they've been playing have been really Mm -hmm. good. Because I will say going into the Lions game, the Lions had one of the better offenses in the NFL. You know, they can score some points. So maybe we saw that one coming. But against the Packers, maybe we didn't give Jordan Love enough credit. Do we expect Mm -hmm. to see something better from the Niners defense in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think so. I just think they're too good and too talented not to be better than what we've seen. And also, the interesting thing about the NFL is, and you hear players say this all the time, there's a difference between playing hurt and playing injured. Injured means, right, you can't go or you're you're very limited. But everyone's hurt this time of year. You don't go through a long season like this in the National Football League without some sort of bumps and bruises. Like, honestly, if you're looking at I know we're talking about the Niners defense, but the reason why Travis Kelsey, I think, looks better than he did in, what, November, early December when he was struggling a little bit, I think he's because he was banged up and he needed some time to sort of get right. And when you're really talented and you play with everything you have and there's so much talent on that Niners defense, I think guys get banged up, they get worn out. And so I would expect some sort of positive regression from those guys just because they need the rest. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of all like the little quirks that may go into the Super Bowl. The other Mm -hmm. thing that I know that is different during the Super Bowl is obviously halftime might feel a little longer. Like, I don't know the exact timestamp on the halftime show, but like there's a lot going on for the halftime show during the Super Bowl. So when we see this long of a layoff, sometimes it can be tough for the players in the locker room Mm -hmm. to get warmed back up and to get going. And the Chiefs, coincidentally, are riding a super hot trend into the Super Bowl. And that's their second half unders. 18-2 and in their last 20 games. That is the second half under, which means you're playing like a total, but only in the second half. 
So whether it's their offense kind of being a little pedestrian in the second half, whether it's their defense that really puts the clamps down after their second half adjustments, I don't know what it is, but do you think this is even more of a trend to follow in the Super Bowl since we have, you know, a longer layoff at halftime? Yeah, I, I think, right? I, I, I think that the adjustments are going to be the adjustments and they will occur because that's more of a coaching thing. But the rest factor, that that's the real thing that I think is fascinating is how do you deal with something, be it travel, be it media obligations, be it a longer halftime, those little things that, you're saying, dude, oh, you have to wait a few extra minutes. So what? Well, you know, football, as with many things, is about routine and getting in a certain rhythm. We hear rhythm all the time, right, in football. They're in a rhythm. They're in a rhythm. Part of that rhythm is knowing what to expect time-wise. So adjustment-wise, maybe it helps a little bit. But I think the rest or the feeling of, hey, I'm ready to go back out and play. Why am I still sitting here? I honestly think that's more of an impact. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's make a case for both sides of the coin. This is an important exercise in betting. If you think you really like one side and your gut says, okay, I'm going to be on the side, I do think before you actually place your bet, you take a long, hard look at the other side just to see what's out there, just to kind of poke around in the darkness to make sure you're not missing anything. So, Jenks, let's start with the San Francisco 49ers. What is the case for backing San Francisco here? The first case is that we're acting like the Chiefs have already won the Super Bowl. We're acting like it's over. I mean, everyone, everyone says the same things. And I understand why. I'm not faulting anyone who says, hey, the Chiefs have a generational quarterback. They do. Patrick Mahomes is amazing against the number as a dog. Yes, he is. Andy Reid has a coaching advantage. Yes, he does. So I understand all those things. But we're acting like this game is already over. The 49ers are favored in this game. We have a real recency bias when it comes to the National Football League. And yes, Kansas City has looked fantastic. There's no question. But midseason, the Niners were without question the best team in football. And we wondered, are the Chiefs going to have any sort of explosiveness in the playoffs? Are these receivers going to catch the football? And my, how that narrative has shifted over the past month. It's not like the Niners just brought in a bunch of different guys. They still have more playmakers. We are undervaluing them now because everyone's on Kansas City. We're just handing the Chiefs the title. Now the Niners have more of a motivational factor. A few weeks ago, the Chiefs had that factor because everyone was counting them out. Now everyone has crowned the Chiefs again. And also, I don't think we're giving Brock Purdy enough credit. (laughs) What has he done in two years? NFC Championship game, got injured, Super Bowl. So, of course, Patrick Mahomes has the advantage. Of course, but we're also not giving Brock Purdy credit for having what is in some circles an MVP season. So I just don't think we're giving San Francisco nearly enough plaudits for how good they've been and how dominant they've been at times just because the Chiefs are in the middle of what could be or what would some say is a dynasty. Well, there are some people who believe in the Niners, and that's why this line's gone from one and a half to two. So you're not alone there. And that's another thing that we have in our tool belt. We will have the next two weeks to fully examine this line and this line movement. The fact that it dipped down to two and a half, or excuse me, one and a half almost immediately. Okay, there's a red flag. Say a lot of money is coming in on the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. But now we've seen the buyback on the Niners. So it will be interesting to monitor this line and see how it moves. But at the end of the day, when a line is this short, 
doesn't it feel like you're just mm -hmm. picking a winner? Like maybe this game's decided by one point. I could totally be wrong. Uh, but this line yeah. is very small. I think in the end you are picking a winner. But the case for San Francisco, I feel like is their offense. Like it's not even just Brock Purdy. It's the weapons around him and how good they can be. Even in these games where they have started off, you know, dead cold where they have looked like they're not going to do anything on the offensive side of the ball. They explode, like in that game against the Lions, had 27 points in the second half of these games. So when you have Debo Samuel, when you have Christian McCaffrey, and that's the other thing, the Chiefs have not been incredibly stout against the run, which is why it's shocking that the Ravens did not run the football more. Uh, but we saw Josh Allen go over his rushing prop in the first half of uh, that game against the Bills. Brock Purdy has shown to be pretty shifty with his feet as well. So he just seems to be getting better down the stretch. Ran for 48 yards against the Lions. So it just feels like, yes, the Chiefs defense is good, but their one weakness, it does look like San Francisco can exploit it with Christian McCaffrey, the mm -hmm. best running back in the game right now. But it's hard going as Patrick Mahomes. So, James. What's the case for the Chiefs? The case for the Chiefs is easy. The case for the Chiefs, which is why I see everyone on the Chiefs, and I know the number is moving in San Francisco's direction, right? But I'm just talking about pundits that I see or people on Twitter, whatever. I am not involved in the sharp money world, and maybe it's not sharp money. Who knows? But ultimately, look, yes, Patrick Mahomes is incredible. And you Chiefs fans, I swear to God, when I posted this video predicting the Bills from two weeks ago, you guys act like you've never won anything. Yeah, I, even now, people are like, oh, look at you now. You're so Dude, act like you've been there. My God, we make predictions every day on the show. It's so weird to me. The Chiefs are peaking at the right time, and they look like a team that no matter who they trot out at receiver, like they could grab three guys off the street, and with the way Mahomes is playing, with the way Kelsey is playing, with the way that – Andy Reid is coaching that they could beat anyone right now. But more than that, the Chiefs defense is incredible. And they will not get the credit that they deserve. We'll always look at Patrick. We'll always look at Andy Reid. They're going to get the credit that they, that they deserve. But that Chiefs defense harassed, sacked, and shut down Lamar Jackson and a, and a Ravens offense that was dominating at levels we had not seen before in the NFL. So the Chiefs look to me right now to be more of the complete team moving in and they have the momentum. Yeah. I mean, there's sabotage factors on both sides of the ball. Uh, when you look at mm -hmm. the Niners, I think you look at their defense and you say, okay, this is a defense that is probably beatable over the last two weeks. They have given up plenty of yards to Jordan love and Jared Goff, who are good quarterbacks, but they're certainly not Patrick Mahomes. And the stat that I will say a hundred times over the next two weeks, Patrick Mahomes, 10-1-1 and one against the spread as an underdog in his career. When we get back, switching gears to the NBA, the best plays in the association on a Wednesday, next on The Daily Tip. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.